is going to be found in Scripture. Right? So we're going to get flaky if what we start doing doesn't follow up with what Scripture teaches. And that's not going to happen in this house. You know, we are going to be people who abide by the Word and the Spirit. So now we've had a lot of Spirit and we're going to have a lot of Word. And they're married together, right? So we're getting the same, we're getting the same thing. This is just as powerful as a dance, celebration, any of that. So, I was just reading this morning. I wrote a few things in my journal. Um, Before you get attacked by an enemy, you're going to already have a weapon to use. That's just a kingdom principle. You're never going into an attack without a weapon. See, a lot of times you think like you have to react to an attack. You just have to apply the weapon you've already been given. Right? And so in Galatians 6, let's just start in verse 6. It says, let the one who's taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Here's a verse that I think has been taught probably upside down a lot. Because... We like to use this verse about people whose behavior is out of line. So we use it like a hammer a little bit. God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, that you'll reap. And um, that's fine. No, it's not fine. It's actually wrong. Because what you sow is not what you reap. If you're in Christ. So the Lord showed me this this morning. Um. When he says, you're not what hell says you are. You're not what the world says you are. You are what I say you are. (coughs) His idea of you never deviates. You get that? So his concept of you never deviates. It It doesn't shift. He's not a shifting one. You are. Your thoughts shift. His thoughts never shift. So if his thoughts are never shifting, the only person that's shifting being you... You always have the opportunity to repent back to his thoughts quickly and it should be immediate. So if you start thinking things that aren't true about you, then you need to get back to his thoughts about you because he thinks only truth about you. So that repentance, here's the deal. Don't be deceived. God being not being mocked, whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Guys, the letter to the the church of Galatia, in Josh, it's what you said. Paul wrote these letters, right? These were written, read read out loud. So that sound is still out there. It's still bringing glory to God. And as we read it this morning, it's bringing glory to God. Like it's continuing on in that process. If you sow unto the flesh, you will reap corruption or destruction. Okay, the letter to the Galatians, here's what most people do. They preach the first part of Galatians or tell you about the first part of Galatians being about it, not being about the law and being about grace. And then in Galatians six, they flip it back around and tell you it's all about your behavior. You have to take the whole letter as one cohesive thought from the Holy Spirit. And the letter is, guys, if you live under the law in any way, you will be under corruption. You'll be in the curse. In even one ounce of life in the law, you're living under a curse. So 
grace is so powerful and so significant that, G- that God hung all of human history on it. Grace isn't an idea that you can take, pick and choose what you like, what you don't. It's like the Bible. You can't pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. You can't pick Jesus and be like, well, I like you when you're like this and I don't like you when you're like that. You either love Jesus or you don't. He's either Lord of your life or he's not. You either accept that grace is a final solution or you don't. You don't mix them. And God doesn't appreciate mixing them. In fact, he calls it evil and he calls it wicked. To try to mix them together because the moment you mix your behavior in with what he's done for you, you immediately fall into corruption. You just begin. And this word corruption, guys, is not a word of like you're, you know, you're sowing corruption, like you're doing corrupt things to people. It's a word that means from inside you begin to rot. So in the moment you put your efforts into what God's already done, you start to rot on the inside. Now from rotting through your performance, you become bitter and your bitterness now is rotting on the outside. Now you're making sure other people are rotting because you're rotting. Do you follow that? Like you, that's the process that the Western church has taken. We've taken this idea that we have to be so organized and so whatever that it's, you know, we got to be this and that. No, Jesus' words never changed. Hear and obey. Just hear me and obey. That's it. I want you to dance in a circle, dance in a circle. If I don't want someone in the circle, they're no different than you. They should sit where they're sitting because they're in a relationship with Jesus too. No one in the room has to do what we do. No one in the room doesn't have to do what we do. It's freedom, right? And I will dance with a demon because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I will dance with flesh because I will dance with the Holy Spirit. And He's not afraid to dance with demons and flesh. He's not. He's not afraid to be in a meeting where demons and flesh are manifesting all over the place. He's not afraid at all. And you know what? I'll be in a meeting like that over and over and over in my life. I guarantee it. And I'll never one time be afraid of the demons and flesh manifesting in the room because I know Christ is manifesting in me. And that's really all that matters. That he manifests in me and manifests in the people that are, are part of that. So here's the deal. He says, if you're going to sow unto the flesh... You're going to reap corruption. Meaning, if you're going to try to obtain what has already been obtained for you, you'll begin to rot on the inside. You get that? He says, but the, only one, the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Eternal life, guys, is not I'm going to heaven. Eternal life is I am enjoying my relationship with Jesus to its fullest possible extent right now. Yeah, barbs right now. That's what it is. I'm not waiting someday to obtain Jesus. I'm not waiting someday to be face to face with him. In fact, this morning he showed me a vision of this. Sowing unto, unto flesh, sowing corruption. You know what he was doing? <laughs> I've never seen Jesus before like this. I see this pile of humanity. And I called it in my, in my prayer with him. It was a flesh trash pile. It literally was. It was a flesh trash pile. It was bodies. It was things. People had heaped up. Huge pile of like human achievement. Just this giant. It was like a mountain of flesh trash pile. Christ was standing on top of it. With his banner. Holding it up like this. And it just said love. Christ isn't afraid of the flesh trash pile. He's not walking around the flesh trash pile. He's standing on top of it saying, I have victory over your flesh. I have victory over your efforts. I have victory and my victory is love. Yeah. 
I was like, what? And there were others, guys, that, that started were walking up this mountain. And it was us. It was people walking up this mountain to say, I'm above flesh trash. Come on. I tread on flesh trash. It's not a part of my life. Because of your grace, I can come up higher. I can come up under your banner of love. Like, that's where I belong, is under your banner of love. No matter what's under my feet. Because what? Everything is dead works, right? Because of the cross, so it's under my feet. And he says, he's waiting until the enemies are put under your feet. Because the Bible says in Ephesians that the, all, of, all, all of everything got put under Jesus' feet. He's waiting for you to believe it's actually under your feet. He'll come when, 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 when the body and the bride, like with Ashley's, uh, Ashley's vision of the, of the spirit, right? This is, this is in keeping with what her vision was. Her vision was the bride is trying to take control and make it all happen. And Jesus is like, you'll rot from the inside if you're a church who tries to take control and make it happen. But if you'll sow to the Spirit, you'll actually have eternal life. That when you guys danced your dances this morning, when you sang your songs, when you just worship Jesus, however you worship Him, eternal life was pumping in your veins. Causing what Dave said to be the absolute truth. You will leave here more joyful and more free than you ever came in. I mean exponentially. We're not talking like God's drib. God's not a dribs and drabs kind of a guy. He's not like, well, you can have a, a dropper full. Beep. He's like, here you go, 12 baskets full. Here you go. Here you go. Right? That's how he does it. So if you will sow to the flesh, you will reap eternal life, which is not just heaven. It's absolute, constant, eternal life. And he says this, let us not grow weary in doing good. And that's where the church goes wrong. Because immediately they say, see, this is about your works. This is about what you're doing, how you're behaving. Don't they? I've heard that preached so much. It's about doing good, and if you don't do good, you're sowing unto corruption. Wrong. If you don't believe that Jesus paid it all and finished it all, you're sowing unto corruption. If you don't believe that by His grace alone you could stand up right now, by His grace alone you can repent right now, by His grace alone you can do all things right now, then you are sowing unto corruption. If you think you've got to grovel, whine, get under His wing, under some weird penance, you are absolutely sowing to corruption. And that sowing to corruption continues to destroy you because you keep trying to get out of it by your own flesh. Come on. The way to get out of that cycle is to sit down, be still, know I'm God, rest under the shadow of His wing and say, you did it, you finished it, I'm whole, I'm free, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm sanctified, therefore I am what you say I am. And I'm not moving till you say move. Right? That's where I get excited. So that's what Jesus did. But watch this. Let us not grow weary in doing good. There's two words there. The first one actually means what Anita's dream was. It means to actually be so inspirational that you are attractively good to the people around you. To be contagious. That's what that word means. So when when it literally says, when you're doing good or well, it's saying the actions in your life by believing what I finished and what I accomplished actually becomes att- attractive and inspirational for the people around you to come in. Mm, that's good. They want it. Amen. So they don't just look from afar like, there's something else there. What is there? Eternal life. You're not dancing, Josh, because you want to dance and let people see you. You're dancing because eternal life is bubbling out of you. <laughs> right? You sing because eternal life's in you. You, you. you worship because eternal life's in you. 
I read the word to you guys because eternal life is in me. So he says, for in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. See, a lot of people start to wonder, am I, am I really doing what God wants me to do? Because I sure don't see the people following me in the door. Mm-hmm. Number one, if you think it's up to you, you're sowing to corruption. There's a lot of evangelists in the world today sowing to corruption because really they're evangelizing because of themselves, not because of Jesus. Now he said, as long as Jesus is preached, I'm good with it. But that's not going to improve that man's life or woman's life because they can rot from the inside. He'll still save people through their ministry, but they're really out there preaching because of themselves. Sowing to corruption, thinking they have something to do with it, thinking they have to come up with a good message, thinking they got to come up with a good method, thinking they got to come up with a good song, a good something, a good how do we get the people. Lift Jesus up. Try that. Sit on your face until Jesus comes. Let his face enter the room. Let him be so good through his grace that people are radically transitioned from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. It's simple. We complicated it. So he said, in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. Here's Jesus' word to us this morning. Don't stop doing what you're doing. In your personal lives, in your corporate life of of the body of Christ, don't stop doing this. Because you will reap. That's what he's saying. You will reap. And he says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. See, the church is good at doing good to people that look like them, act like them, talk like them. But we need to do good to everyone. Jesus, give me your eyes for the people around me. The hardest ones to like. The one that steps on my toes and makes me angry. The one who I feel is arrogant. The one who I think is this and I think is that. Let me see what you love about them. So that I can do good to them. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. There's going to be a lot of people in the household of faith that you're not going to get along with. Your response to them should be blessings. And not cursings. Encouragement. Strength. Guys, all of this is preparation for when the, when the body starts becoming more and more the body. Which means lost people are getting saved. Which means people are coming in that don't look like you, don't act like you, and don't talk like you, and are really messed up in some areas. You have to be strong enough and mature enough in your faith and grace alone to understand that you can look that person in the face who's failing miserably where you once failed and now you don't. When you'd like to give them ten reasons how to stop, you need to give them one reason why they can stop, which is Jesus. That's it. People's lives will be radically changed when we give them the one reason. You know why you can stop this? Because if you're in Christ, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. So every time you light up, every time you strike that needle, every time you boil that drug, every time you crack that can, tell yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and see how long you can keep doing it. Challenge yourself to keep on. If you really are the righteousness of God in Christ, there will come a time when you can't crack a can open anymore because you'll see who you really are and you'll realize how destructive that really is. Every time you click your computer open, every time you look at that pornography, tell yourself sincerely you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
That's how the new Christians who come in in the last days are going to be radically transformed in a shorter period of time. Because guys, we went through the dregs and the drags. We went through the tie this, try these 55 behaviors in being a better Christian. Read these 17 books, go through these 17 conferences, right? You'll be a better Christian if only. You can listen if only. Wrong. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. Because of grace, I'm whole. Because of grace, I'm free, right? That's the reality of Christianity. And Jesus is fed up with a body who continues to try to do what she said. Control people who come in the door instead of point them to the one reality that will change them, which is grace in Jesus. That's all we're called to do, guys. Be, be a conduit. Hey, you know why you can do it? Because Jesus paid for it. You know why you never have to be unforgiven? Because Jesus forgave you. It's 100% done. Everything. That's so good, guys. I can't even, I, it blows my mind how good it is. And so, if I'm not sowing into this flesh, right, reaping this corruption, I had this thought about this whole passage. Jesus came as a man and sowed. Right? He sowed his life into the earth. Unless a seed die, the seed of perfection in Jesus was sown into the dirt. Literally and spiritually, so that whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. God's not mocked, grace is the final solution. Grace is it. Jesus is the final solution. No one else, nowhere else, nothing else is coming out of heaven to save men. Nothing. That's it. It's done. He did it. He declared it. It's finished. So when he sowed his life, he reaped his life. Incorruptible, perfected, glorified. He reaped his own life through his own sowing. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Christ reaped his life after sowing it. Mm -hmm. And we're good with that. What we're not so good with is in, in, in Peter, when the Holy Spirit says, all the very great and precious promises are yours in Christ Jesus. In fact, the divine nature is yours in Christ Jesus. We're okay with it theologically. We're okay with it mentally. We're not okay with it practically. We don't live it. Why? Because we've had training and teaching our whole lives that says whatever you sow, that will you, what you will reap. And we based it on our behavior and we think we don't have the divine nature of God because I'm still struggling in this area. Come on. The reason you're struggling is because you don't want to be that. Which means that's not really a struggle. It means you're overcoming. If you weren't struggling, you're not overcoming. So Jesus is saying to us, what I sowed, you reap. If in fact you believe we're one, why would Jesus be one with me and I not, I not reap what he sowed? Wow. Right? God's not mocked, Justin. You reap what I sowed. Yeah. So don't, don't mock me and say that you're not reaping what I'm sowing. Don't mock me and say that you're, my divine nature is not in you. Don't mock me and say that my authority is not in you. Don't mock me and say that my healing's not in you. Don't mock me and say that my character's not in you. Don't mock me and say that my joy's not in you. Don't mock me and say that my gifts aren't in you. Do you follow me? Jesus isn't about, he's saying, don't mock me. Like, I'm telling you, when I told you this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I can feel the Spirit of God in me right now saying, this is true. This is true. 
You are the divine nature of Christ. You have the very great and precious promises. They are all yes and amen in Christ. Every single one. Not one is lacking. So practically, and I just wrote this out, but I said, um, Jesus came and sowed his life to the Spirit. Yes, that's the other part. Jesus didn't die for you. Now he did, but that was a byproduct of why he really died. He really died to restore all things to his Father. Because had he done it for you, if you were the motivation behind his doing it, he wasn't motivated by the Father. He was motivated by you and whether you'll accept him or not. He was motivated by the Father and said, my love for the Father causes me to go to the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his son. His son so loved his father that he gave himself. Out of that, a byproduct of that is he died for me. Because had he not done what he did for the Father, I don't have eternal life. So he did die for me, but I'm not the ultimate reality of Jesus' world. Everything he did centered on the Father. Okay, so he sowed it to the spirit, his life. He said to the father, he didn't yet look out into the world, did he? And say, world, world, why have you forsaken me? Guys in Jerusalem, why have you forsaken me? People around me, why have you forsaken? He looked at the father in the face and he said, father, why have you forsaken me? Hmm. But he knew, he knew he was sowing his life into an eternal inheritance for everyone, for all time. Yes. And by doing so, he was buying for his father everything his father had originally created. Every person who would return in relationship to the father, he purchased for his dad and said, here's the gift. My life for theirs. Right? Sows it under the spirit and it raised on the third day in all glory and power and majesty, sending to the right hand of the father in a reaping life that he has everything. It's finished. So when I became one with you, Jesus, I immediately reaped all that you had. All that you had sown. This is why I can hear you say through Peter that every great and precious promise and the very divine nature is mine in Jesus. Hearing by faith, not works of the law or works of the, of the flesh. That's where Galatians started. Did this come to you guys because you worked it out? Or did it come because you had hearing with faith? So why now have you had hearing with faith? Do you think that you're going to perfect it through works of the law? Why do you think now that I've given it to you through hearing with faith that you can make it happen? Don't think you can make it happen. You're going to sow into corruption. I reaped what you sown. Here's what I wrote. I reap your character, Jesus. I reap your joy. I reap your love. I reap your riches. I reap your mindset. I reap your faith. I reap your compassion. I reap your kindness. I reap your mercy. I reap your hope. I reap your gentleness. I reap your tenacity. I reap your authority. I reap your patience. I reap your goodness. I reap your relationships. I reap your revelation. I reap your creativity. I reap your boldness. I reap your faithfulness. I reap your self-control. There's nothing in Jesus I don't reap right now. God's not mocked, guys. Never will be. It will prove true. I will, I, will, I, I will stake my life on it. That what we're doing is pleasing to the heart of the Father. 
And that's what's contagiously attractive about the people that come through this place is you actually do love Jesus, not in a room on a Sunday morning. You love him where you are the rest of the week. Yes. <laughs> Jesus.